I would say that it's stronger, and I think it's going to remain stronger. And obviously, everybody talks about it. You know, of course, you know, you try to go buy it. Global shortages are causing farm input costs to skyrocket. A better way to farm shows you how to take control of inputs and maximize profits so you can farm the way you want. Now, from America's heartland, here's your host. Welcome to today's episode of The Better Way to Farm. We appreciate you guys tuning in. You know, here our goal is to increase yields and improve profits for the American grower and to bring things of interest and value to you guys through our podcast and our other social media platforms. Thanks for tuning in today. I am super excited. We're going to switch gears a little bit and not talk about agronomy today, but take a different avenue here. And I have a good friend who's been friends with me for 50 plus years. We've known for a long time. I appreciate him very much. He grew up up the road about five miles from where I'm sitting right now. And he's doing a great job in the auction business of equipment and in land sales. I'd like to welcome to the call, Mr. Jim Huff. Jim, thanks for tuning in. Well, thank you, Rod. I appreciate the opportunity. And, you know, I know you guys got doing a wonderful deal with your podcast with Better Way to Farm, and I'm certainly uh, thrilled to be on it with you. Well, we appreciate the time, Jim. Here's the deal. We're talking among ourselves, and Karen said, hey, let's talk about some things here in regards to, you know, there's a certain number of people who are wanting to retire or thinking about making a change, and let's let's get them some good advice. So, Jim, tell us a little bit about what you do and the company that you work with. Well, Rod, I, of course, I've been in the auction real estate business this year. It'll be 40 years. I went to auction school right out of uh, – when I graduated from high school there at uh, Kiyosaka at Van Buren, the same place that you did, right now about six or seven folks that worked for a major auction company here in the Midwest was based out of Western Illinois. I had quite a bit of changes in that world here over the last six to eight months. So, so we have broken off from that and started our own auction business that's called Merit Auctions. If you have any interest, go to MeritAuctions.com. But we specialize in farm equipment and ag real estate, and you know that's what we do. And I appreciate that. I, in our previous conversation, you talked about, but share with the listeners that I find it interesting. How did you come up with the name Merit? Well, Rod, thanks for asking that. That's a good question. I've been asked that a lot over the last 30 to 50 days here. But if you Google Merit, the word, if it's one R, one T, T M E R I T, it means uh, worthiness and goodness. And we just thought that was a good fit. It was something a little bit different, but it had good meaning. I appreciate that, and that's fantastic. Uh, while I'm thinking of it, I'll go ahead and put in a plug for you. You've got a couple of sales coming up that I'm aware of. Would you like to share uh, what those are and where they are? Well, we've got several sales coming up here out of the gate. We've got a you know pretty large farm equipment dealer liquidation sale that one of our partners, Mr. Zach Heiner out of Indiana, has worked uh, with this company by the name of AgPro. Most of those items are going to be located at their locations in Ohio and Georgia. There's 40-plus tractors and late model combines. It's kind of their pre-plant auction, if you will. That's on the 28th of February. And then we've got several land auctions coming up uh, in Appanoos County. I think there's 1,000 acres there, a little over. And then we have a pretty nice uh, real estate sale in, in southeast Iowa in Lee County down there for the Honick family that I've worked with extensively. And also there is a, a line of machinery of retirement for those fine folks. That's fantastic. We appreciate it. It's always like to see a hometown boy do well and you guys are obviously doing well and i know your heart is for the grower trying to do the best you can for the customer and i appreciate that very much jim i got some questions for you wanted to visit with you just a little bit here and let's talk about some things such as oh, first of all i'm going to go ahead and finish up maybe some more stuff with you guys before i get into what i want to talk about for the industry but mm-hmm. uh, talk about working with you guys uh, what what's the advantage to working with merit auctions 
Well, I think that, you know, I think we're going to be a nice alternative or a nice fit, maybe from some of the things that are going on that's going to be transparent here. You know, we're still going to do, you know, after COVID, the world entirely changed. A lot of changes in the auction business. But what I'm getting at is that we're still going to offer timed online farm machinery sales. We're going to chant our, our land sales virtually. Uh, there's a lot of pluses to that. Uh, you know, I, I and of course we're always working for the seller, and I, I think it's very beneficial in there's certain ways. And I, you know, if you had a private consultation, I would get into that. But we are also going to offer live auction, on-site auction, whether it be for land or machinery. If somebody has uh, got their heart set on having a live auction, we'll certainly do that. But uh, I will say that. We wholeheartedly believe that the online method of marketing in the auction business works very, very well. But, uh, you know, sometimes there's a, there's a need and a fit for live auction. We're going to keep our mind open and, and utilize that. That's fantastic. COVID did change things, and I think it has altered the trajectory forever. We get so locked into saying, oh, we always have to do it this way, you know, and, and all of a sudden we figured out we could do it a different way. And now, you know, we got a lot more people working from home. A lot of people decided they don't want to commute. A lot of people have decided they don't really want to drive three hours to look at that machinery uh, and stand mm-hmm. around in the cold for five hours when they can do it from their office desk. So I appreciate yeah, that. Correct. Jim, talk to us. We want to get primarily, we're going to talk about land values today. Why mm-hmm. don't you recap for us what we've seen over the last five years here in the real estate world? For well, over the last five years, obviously, there's been a, the trajectory has been moving forward or up, if you will. And I think they just come out with a study here, you know, Iowa State and the Realtors Land Institute, you know, give or take 17% up as an average in the state of Iowa this year. I think we've seen that in some instances. In some instances, it was higher than that. You know, if you if you look back over at least the last two or three years, you know, they've been saying 10 and 12 and 15%, 17% over the last three years. You get to figuring that up. That's a, that gets to be a pretty big number. You, you get into some of these bigger numbers, and we've seen that. I mean, you know, it, it, some of these land prices, and, uh, and I know everybody's documented are all over the state of Iowa and in Illinois, and and even in Missouri. Some of these good tillable farmlands are just bringing outstanding prices, and I think that's kind of the same platform we're going to be on. That's fantastic. So, talk to us a little bit. How do you see? You know, we're all, I guess, anxiously watching what the Fed does. Looking at the interest rates, Jim, you're old enough. You remember living through the 80s, and uh, we saw what uh, high interest did back then. Talk to us about how you feel the interest rates creeping up are going to impact us, and do you have any kind of a feel through working with lenders as to how far this interest is going to rise? You know, a lot of them say, and and you you as well, Rod, follow that thing as well. A lot a lot of folks, I think, are. I don't know if we're going to see very much of a more of an increase. Obviously, it you would think ultimately it would start to begin to have an effect on this land price. It hasn't as of yet, and I'm not really 100% sure it's going to have a tremendous effect here in 23. Everybody's in such a way better cash position now, excuse me, than they were in the 80s when you and I just got out of school and and, and I just got in the auction business. I mean, it was completely different, and, and the interest rate isn't accelerated up to those levels that we were back then. So I, I guess in a nutshell, I think everybody's in a, in a better cash position than now, and I don't think it's going to have a tremendous effect on some of this land. On your high-dollar land, I, I don't see much effect on that at all as far as the price moving down. I, I think it's going to stay steady to really good. Some of this lesser quality ground, some of that may you may not see some of the achieving some of the wild prices on some of this lower quality ground. Absolutely. I think one fundamental difference <laughs> is was the 
oftentimes the things that we see in agriculture come out of our land-grant colleges, God bless them, but they taught us the word leverage in the 70s, leverage, leverage, leverage. And, you know, we thought we were going to go up forever. And so everybody was pretty well continually mortgaged to the hilt. And you didn't hear people talking about leverage back 10 years ago. They were all paying attention and watching their financials. And so I often refer to the days of 20% unemployment, 20% interest, and 20% inflation unaffectionately mm-hmm. when I make my presentations. But I don't think we're going to get to those. I hope not, which will help the growers out who are thinking about selling out. And it helps the growers who are working. Obviously, those operating loans are a big portion of what they do. I know you guys, you've been in the auction business. You've sold farms literally all over the Midwest and many states. How do you mm-hmm. see the land taxes? For instance, I take a, like a Nebraska who has, you know, land taxes that, depending on where you're at, 60, 80, even $100 an acre. And Indiana, some of my guys over there are paying over 100 bucks an acre. You contrast that to uh, South Dakota pays nearly nothing. And Iowa, which is probably in the $10 neighborhood, $10, $12 an acre. How do those land taxes, property taxes, impact the farm sales? If you look in Nebraska, I mean, to in that part of the country with them type of taxes, if you look at all the land prices, they don't have those high, a tremendous amount of, you know, ten, twelve thousand dollars an acre. I think there was a farm sold off, of, you know, in eastern Nebraska this fall for quite a little bit of money. I don't recollect the exact figures, so I'm assuming. I would think, in my mind, that that would have an effect on that. You know, you know, I think, you know, we've sold land in South Dakota, a little bit different world, a little bit, quite a bit different soils up there in that area. But there's some really, really pretty, which you know, Rod, there's some big operators up there. But we see people in Illinois wanting to come to Iowa and buy Iowa land and get out of Illinois, and for various reasons. You obviously got to know that the, the taxes have something to do with, with is coincided with the land prices. Oh, absolutely. And so you take a, you know, that would make the Missouri look pretty favorable. I'm sure the, the better land in Missouri is really starting to tick up because, again, in Illinois, it's not only your property taxes, but your income tax, your sales tax. It's every, everything that they can tax, tax. So Yes. Yeah. Yes. That makes total sense, Jim. So there's people out here going to listen to this, and they're thinking about maybe moving on, doing something different, retiring, and headed down south because they don't enjoy six below weather. Let's talk about the person who's thinking about doing that. What would be maybe an individual who doesn't want to use an auction? What would be some examples of somebody who would benefit or wants to do it? Well, you mean what would be the pluses and minuses of an auction and various going to a different different route? Well, yeah. One thing about everybody's situation is different, whether – you know, it, whether it has something to do with capital gains tax or whatever the case might be, or, you know, if it's machinery, again, the gain tax and so on and so forth. A lot of those deals that, of course, I, I've, again, I'm said it, I've, I've been in an auction business for 40 years. I haven't really, I'm a real estate broker in three or four states. I haven't done a lot of private treaty listings because, in my mind, the best way to offer farmland is a public auction because you sure don't want to undersell yourself. But if that doesn't work and there might be family dynamics, some of the family just can't, they just can't uh, get their head wrapped around an auction. So you, you, you would want to maybe think about doing some type of private listing at that time. Absolutely. In regards to the machinery, I see you guys are doing some of those. Uh, how is, let's talk about equipment sales. What are you seeing those at as compared to three years ago? You know, three years ago <laughs> to now, I, I would say that it's stronger and I think it's going to remain stronger. And obviously, everybody talks about it. You know, of course, you know, you try to go buy a, 
whether it's a red or, or a green or a silver combine or whatever the case is, you know, number one, availability, when are you going to get it? Number two, the cost. Well, there happened to be a real good used one on them comes up for auction. Probably somebody's probably, probably going to take a hard look at that, which in turn is driving the market. I really don't see any softening whatsoever in the farm machinery world at all, just for those reasons, because of supply and demand and availability, obviously, and, and cost. Absolutely. You know, that is a continual deal. I, you know, it's funny, Jim, when you and I got out of school, what we should have done was bought a machine shed full of uh, 1086s or 44, <laughs> well, 44, 44, 44, 44s, and, yes, and 10, 1066s mm-hmm. and things like that. But we all know what, what kind of position we was in, man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, you know, it's funny because in 1980, <laughs> this is a long time ago, and I'll bore the listeners with a quick story. In about 1980, I don't know, two, three, five, somewhere in there, I was working for a company. They had me working on the road over by St. Joe, Missouri. And I stopped by an auction and I watched a 6620 combine with a six-row corn head and a bean platform. It had about 400 hours on it and it brought $3,300. You know, I was sick of my stomach for that guy. And I, I thought, man, if I had $3,300, I should buy that. But of course, at that time, I didn't have that. We've seen a lot of things here. And the flip side is now, you know, at the scrap value of that 6620 is probably more than $3,300. Yeah. Yeah. It's worth at least that for iron. That's correct. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So we've seen a whole bunch of things here. Well, Jim, I thank you for your time. I'm going to kind of leave this up to you. What would you like to say here to the audience? First of all, tell me this. If they want to reach out to you, they'd like to, you know, have a consultation. Just say, maybe I'm thinking about it. How do they reach you? Well, the best way you can do one or two things, call the office. That's going to be a toll-free number, which is 833-273-9300, which, again, 833-273-9300. Or you could, obviously, they could call me personally on my cell phone, which is 319-931-9292. And, you know, I've always told everybody it doesn't cost a dime to visit and it's never too early to start planning. It, even uh, there's some of these deals that we work on six months, even years, and a year or two out. So it's never too soon to start talking about it, thinking about it. Absolutely. I appreciate that. So any closing comments you'd like to share with our listeners here today? Well, obviously, you know, I, I still think that the atmosphere and the future of agriculture is bright. I've always thought that, you know, especially the last 10 years, we got to feed the world. And, uh, you know, they're taking land out of production. So hang in there. I think everybody, you know, I think we're going to have another good year in 23. I, again, Rod, I appreciate that. Really appreciate the opportunity to be on this podcast with Better Way to Farm. Well, we're excited for Merit Auctions getting launched. And I look forward to, of course, you and I are going to stay in contact in the future. I'm probably going to find you somewhere and let you buy me dinner. How about that? But absolutely. You, you can just call anytime. <laughs> <laughs> I do run into you once while up there in Mount Pleasant. It's always fun. So, all right, yes, guys. Well, I appreciate everybody tuning in. I appreciate Jim's time and him bringing his knowledge to us. He'd like to reach out. He gave you his contact information to do that. You know, here at A Better Way to Farm, our goal is to bring value, to bring things for you guys to think about and consider and roll around while you're driving that tractor or doing the chores or whatever it is that you're out there doing. And, guys, thanks for tuning in. We look forward to talking to you soon, and we do hope you are having a better day. A better way to farm dot com. You're listening on the Verbal Crowd Network. Find more great shows at verbalcrowd.com. dot